Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Welcome to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives with Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide, a child sponsorship ministry transforming children's lives by exposing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's join Bill now as he opens us up with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us before the world began, and even though we deserve punishment, you have provided a way to salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for giving your Holy Word to us. Through your Word, we can learn more about you, your Son, Jesus, and we can apply that knowledge to our life. Lord, please be with us now. Open our hearts as we go to your Word. And we pray this all in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm Bill Neenhouse, and this is Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. We meet every Sunday at 9.30 to open our heart to the Word, to hear from our Lord, and then to hear a little bit about Child Care Worldwide, a child sponsorship ministry in Bellingham, Washington. I really hope that uh, what we discuss today is relevant to you and your life, and that it is a blessing to you. Well, today's topic is salvation and our Savior. What's it like to be saved? Imagine being dropped in the middle of the Pacific Ocean with no land in sight. Twenty-foot waves crashing on top of you. Water is bitter cold. No strength left at all in your body to keep your head above the surface. You're gasping for air. You're hopeless. There's simply nothing you can do. You're trapped out in the middle of the ocean, alone, about to die. And then suddenly... A rope comes from above, out of nowhere. You feel two arms come in and grab you around your waist, and then in seconds, you're being lifted up into the air. And then, at that moment, you see the rescue helicopter above you. In less than three minutes, you're inside that helicopter, and a thick, warm blanket's around you, and you're assured that you're going to be okay. Now imagine the water is your sin. It's everywhere, crashing on top of you, completely overtaking you, smothering you. There's nothing you can do to get away from it. No way to escape. No rope, no helicopter, no rescue. Nowhere to go but to sink below and succumb to its power. You know, that's what life is like without a Savior. According to God's judgment, we deserve to be left in the middle of that vast ocean with no hope of rescue. The payment for sin is an eternal punishment. But here's the good news. God loves us so much that he provided a way for us to have eternal life and be united with him in heaven. We can't save ourselves. No man can ever pay the debt of sin that controls us. The only way that debt could be paid is when God sacrificed his very own son. Jesus is our rescuer. He's the one pulling you out of the waves of sin. He brings you from death to life. God loves us immensely, and through the death of His Son, Jesus, we have been given everything we need to live a life free from the overbearing burden of sin. And He's given us a way to live that life with Him forever in heaven. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that the best news you've ever heard? 
Let's read about how we deserve eternal punishment and how God provided us a way out of that judgment. Romans 8 verse 3 says, The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. When God gave Moses the law, he knew it wasn't going to solve humanity's problems because we are sinful creatures. Just because the law had been given to the Israelites doesn't mean that they would then follow and obey that law. The Israelites were sinful, just as we ourselves are full of our own sinful nature. The law was not designed to help us overcome our sin or avoid the retribution of our sin, nor can the law overpower our sin. Our sinful nature will always overrun the law. Then why did God give us that law? He gave it to us to point out and remind to us the depth of our sin and our need for a Savior. We need to be continually reminded of our sins because it's very easy for us to step away from God and step into sin. It may start out in very small ways, a little white lie here or there, and then that grows into something bigger. And before you know it, you've been traveling down a road of habitual sin. Imagine a brand new college student who grew up in a Christian home. That student's out of the house for the first time in 18 years, living on his own in a brand new city, brand new surroundings, no home church, no young adult activities, and no Bible studies. This college student does okay for a while. He's busy. He's studying hard, but he's not getting a lot of sleep. Then, little by little, he starts to compromise. A little lie here and there. He starts hanging out with the wrong crowd. They use inappropriate language, and he begins to do the same. He starts taking the Lord's name in vain, and he completely stops praying. He gives up on finding a church because he doesn't have time anyway. And because school is hard, he decides he needs to relax once in a while. So he gets together with his non-Christian friends. They start drinking a lot, and he ends up getting drunk, not just once, but a few times a week. You get the picture. Sin crept in and quickly took a hold of his life. You know, it can happen to any one of us. I'm so thankful God has loved us so much and he does so much for us. He doesn't want to leave us traveling down that road of sin. It makes me think about the parable of the lost sheep. That parable speaks of a shepherd who leaves his flock of 99 sheep in order to find the one who got lost. God loves us that much. He'll never leave us. And when we decide to leave him like a loving father, he finds us and he brings us back to him. Romans 8, 3 through 4 says, So God did what the law could not do. He sent his only son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for those sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead, we follow the Spirit. As this verse says, God did what the law could not do. He sent his Son to be the sacrifice for our sin. Christ had to take on our very nature, become one of us, and yet while he was still here on earth, he did not sin at all, not even once. He was the perfect lamb. Jesus in a human body had to wrestle with sinners all around him, even in his own disciples. And at the end of his life, he had to endure scorn, mockery, beating, yet he continued his burden until the very end, giving up his life on that cross. Then God was able to end sin's control over us forever. God had to do this to fulfill the requirement of the law. 
We were once slaves to sin, and it controlled our lives. But after the obligation to the law was met through the death of Jesus, we're no longer slaves to sin. The Spirit now lives within believers. We can follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and when we receive Him, He produces fruit that is seen in all believers. Oh, Father, I know I deserve eternal punishment, and I'm so grateful and humbled that you sent your Son Jesus to grant me righteousness and to be free from the grip of sin in my life. I look forward to my eternal home in heaven with you. Amen. This is Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. Thanks for joining me today. You know, non-believers have lots of questions. Some people ask, why did Jesus need to pay for my sin? Many say to themselves, I'm a good person. Why couldn't I just continue to be good and hope it covers anything bad I've ever done? For example, a man John lived to be 82 years old and everybody loved him. He was kind-hearted and he was always willing to help others in any way. He would give money to local charities, he would bring food and money to the homeless, and then he'd often volunteer to help his neighbors. When John passed away and everybody spoke about how good and kind he was, they must have certainly thought he was enjoying himself in the presence of the Lord in heaven. How great it was that John was in heaven, because how could he not be in heaven? He was such a good and kind man. That's not how we get to heaven. We cannot earn our own salvation. Only Jesus was able to atone for our sins. Let's turn to Scripture to clarify this. In Micah 6, verse 6 through 7, it says, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, a calf a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression? the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? These are interesting verses. In verse 3 to 5, God is addressing the Israelites, and he poses two questions and then gives two examples of his saving grace, reminding them of his covenantal relationship with them. Here in verses 6 through 7, Micah answers the Lord, speaking for the Israelites, wanting to regain God's benevolence. God had set up the Levitical system of sacrifices to atone for the people's sin. Therefore, he knew the seriousness of the words that Micah was speaking. Micah starts off with asking, With what shall I come before the Lord? Micah knew there was not a sacrifice good enough that the people could bring before the Lord to atone for their sins. But he goes ahead and starts listing items and asking if he should bring them before the Lord. Micah lists burnt offerings and one-year-old calves. According to Leviticus, a one-year-old calf is an excellent, exceptional offering. Micah goes on to list thousands of rams and rivers of oil, and he ends with offering his firstborn to atone for his sins. But Micah answers his own questions in the next verse. In Micah 6 verse 8, it says, He has showed you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? to act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. God does not want our sacrifices. He doesn't want us to give up material goods, whether it's food, luxuries, television, donating a large sum of money to a good cause, or giving food to the needy. Now, can those things be good things to do? Of course. Yes, within the proper context, those things are good. 
But don't do those things thinking that you're making amends to God, that you are absolving yourself because you have given him some sort of gift. In verse 8, Micah answers the question of what we bring before the Lord and what the Lord requires of us. It says, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. God wants us to have a relationship with him. He wants our love and obedience. In Greek, the word humbly is the verb sana, and it means modesty. Many people in Micah's day were not walking humbly with God. And I believe I can say that there are people today who are not doing that either. But we do have our directive. We are to walk humbly, lovingly, and fellowshipping with God. God wants our hearts. He wants us to remember every single day that He loves us so much that He sacrificed His own Son, that He created a way for us to be reconciled to Him. Walking humbly with God means that we remember who He is. We acknowledge His holiness. We come humbly to Him in prayer. We rejoice in the mercy He provides to us. We know all this to be true because of God's holy word. We can depend on it. In His wisdom, God granted us a mediator for our righteousness, our holiness, and for our salvation. And for this, I am eternally grateful and humbled. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you did not leave us in our sin, but instead, provided righteousness through Jesus. I'm so grateful and humbled by your love for me. Thank you that we can know more about you through studying your word. I pray these things in your son's holy name. Amen. What is Child Care Worldwide? Well, it's a Christian ministry dedicated to sharing the gospel with children in need. Child Care Worldwide goes beyond just basic needs and education by introducing children to the transformative love of Jesus. We work closely with local churches to disciple each child well, helping them grow in their faith and helping them find hope, not only for today, but for eternity too. Learn how you can help at childcareworldwide.org. Welcome back to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. I'm Bill Neenhouse. You know, there seems to be a lot of anxiety in the world today. I don't think it has anything really to do with today's circumstances. I think there's been anxiety in the world since the world began. But I do think that today's world lends itself well to lots of anxiousness. COVID-19 itself has brought in just a ton of anxiety to everyone in the world, not just the United States. We're all confronted every day with lots of pressure and lots of things that distract us. But you know, God has a solution for anxiety. Did you know that? 1 Peter 5-7 through is a verse that I just love. It reads, Cast all your anxiety upon Him, for He cares for you. As believers in Jesus, we need to remember that God cares for us under every circumstance. He cares all about our anxiety. He cares for us when we're lonely, when we're hungry and hurting. There is not a situation that you face that our God will not take you through and care for you through it. Peter wrote the words in 1 Peter from the ancient city of Mesopotamia, also known as Babylon. Christians were living under dire circumstances. 
they were suffering from severe persecution because of their faith. They had been forced to flee for their lives, leaving everything behind, homes, jobs, possessions. They had only what they could carry by hand, and they fled to wherever they felt safe. They were, so to speak, an underground people, having to live, work, and worship in secret, and to find housing and food wherever they could. They never knew when they would be discovered and have to flee again. Unfortunately, there are people today in our world living under similar circumstances, and of course, we all know that there's Christian persecution. Imagine the agony, anxiety, and pressure, tension, and stress being experienced by these believers. It's in this setting that God inspired Peter to write those words. He was assuring the believers of that day, as well as believers today, that there was a great help available for them. God was available to help them. All we have to do as believers is to ask by faith. If God could take care of those people in that terrible persecution and situation, surely He can take care of you for whatever situation you may be facing. You need to know that the verse above, as written by Peter, is not merely what he advises us to do, but clearly states it as a command. It's a command. He is saying as a command, cast all your anxieties upon him, for he cares for you. God did not promise us that we would not suffer or go through difficulties. He promised to be there in the midst of our troubles. When we cast all our anxieties on him, his mighty hand will save and deliver us, look after us and care for us. He'll strengthen and secure us. He'll provide and he'll protect us. He gives us assurance and confidence. What more do you need? In the prior verse, 1 Peter 5, 6, Peter tells the believers and us that to prepare for casting all of our cares upon our Lord, we need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. We're then given a prerequisite to accomplish before we cast our cares before the Lord. We are to humble ourselves. There are three reasons for this. First, God is to be feared, for he resists and stands opposed to the proud. Pride keeps us from God. The proud cannot admit that they need God. When we try to carry our worries, our stresses, and our struggles on our own, it shows that we have not trusted God fully with our life. Secondly, we need to humble ourselves under God because He's going to exalt the humble. The proud exalt themselves. And third, we should humble ourselves because God cares for us. By comparison to God's greatness and goodness, we are nothing. Why should God care for us? It is indeed humbling to know that in spite of all of our sins and shortcomings, He does care for us. When you face the problems in life, remember this verse. Cast all your anxieties upon Him, for He cares for you. God cares for us because He cares and loves us. Child Care Worldwide delivers the gospel of Jesus Christ to thousands of kids in underdeveloped countries, providing for their physical needs and sponsoring their education. 
Long-term transformation is what makes Child Care Worldwide unique. Sponsored children are a member of a life center located at a local church and meet weekly for gospel-driven Bible lessons, scripture memorization, singing, and fellowship. The curriculum teaches children about God and His eternal plan for them. Visit childcareworldwide.org. Chatura grew up in India, and his mother and father practiced another religion. Each day, Chatura would watch as his mom and dad offered sacrifices to a statue made of clay that was painted gold. Chatura would often wonder why they made those sacrifices. His mom and dad would place a cup of tea with milk in front of the statue, or a sweet cake, and at dinner they would place a small bowl of rice in front of the statue. When they woke up the next morning, they would remove all the food and drink and throw it away. He didn't understand throwing away the food because their family hardly had enough food as it was. So he asked his mom and dad why they did that every single day. His mom and dad told him that their God required these sacrifices, so that when they died, they could be with him in the heavens. If they didn't make those sacrifices, they would just die and lie in the ground forever. Chatura was asking these questions because he had been attending one of the Child Care Worldwide Life Centers, and he'd been learning about Jesus. He learned that God sent his son Jesus to pay for all of our sins, and that nobody else could do that. So once Jesus died on the cross, the stronghold of sin over our lives was broken. Chatura also knew that he would be in heaven with God when he died. You see, if Chatura did not attend a life center, he would have never known about Jesus. But he was given that chance because someone sponsored him. Chatura was grateful to know who Jesus was. You know, that's what makes me really excited. I see children like Chatura in other countries, and they're all accepting Jesus as the cornerstone in their life. They don't have to live their life making sacrifices to false gods, hoping that they get to spend eternity in the heavens with these false gods. The entire staff at Child Care Worldwide is dedicated to delivering the gospel to children all over the world. But you know something? We can't do it without your help. I don't usually do this, but I want to tell you about how I came to Child Care Worldwide. I worked for a Christian software company for 25 years, and I really thought I was going to retire with that company. You know, after 25 years, I had no intention of working for someplace else. But God had other plans. I was on the board of directors of Child Care Worldwide when the former president, who was getting ready to retire, asked me to submit my resume and apply for this position. I still remember having the conversation with my wife about whether or not I should apply for that position. And that conversation ended with prayer and an agreement to keep praying. That prayer continued for weeks until finally we knew that this is where God was leading me. It's now been two years, and I can tell you that I'm truly humbled that God put me in this position. And I can tell you that I absolutely love this ministry, and I'm so thankful to serve and deliver the gospel to so many children across the world. Thank you for supporting Child Care Worldwide. It's not me, it's not the people in Child Care Worldwide that makes this happen. It's our Almighty God, through His power, provision, Support through all of it, he keeps this ministry going. He makes sure that the money that you give to our ministry goes directly to the people who need it. And the people who need it 
need a Savior. They need to hear the gospel of Jesus. Please help us today to do that. Visit childcareworldwide.org. Sponsor a child and help us deliver the gospel of Jesus. Childcare Worldwide transforms children's lives by exposing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ, providing for their physical needs, and sponsoring their education. We connect sponsors with children through Christ-based life centers. With sponsors and life centers removing barriers, children grow spiritually and physically into thriving, productive adults. To learn more, go to childcareworldwide.org. Thanks for listening to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. I'm Bill Neenhouse. I'm the president of Childcare Worldwide. We'll talk again next week. You've been listening to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives with Bill Neenhouse, president of Childcare Worldwide. To learn more, go to childcareworldwide.org. Join us again next week here on 820 AM, The Word.